What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No BS Finance. I can't believe we're already on episode number 16. Pretty cool. Um, That just kind of popped in my head as soon as I said that. But yeah, pretty stoked about it. And today, we're kind of getting back on the investment train after covering the retirement report last week. And we're going to take this episode to talk about GICs. Um, We're kind of moving away from the equity portion and more into what people like to call fixed income. Um, I'm predicting that this is probably going to be a bit of a shorter podcast. GICs are fairly straightforward, but nonetheless, super important to talk about. Um, But yeah, probably won't be as long as some of the other episodes. So I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, yeah. We'll kick it off with some housekeeping here. So as always, this podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not meant as investment advice. My email, my Instagram, in the show notes if you want to ask any questions, have any real-life scenarios you want me to cover. Um, If you're interested in a one-on-one personal finance consult, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram. Happy to help out in any way and we can set something up. Other than that, let's kick off this episode on GICs. So we're going to be talking about GICs. Uh, We're going to be talking about what they are, why they are a popular choice for some people, especially right now, and when or how they could work for you and your portfolio. So let's kick it off. What are they? GICs, they stand for Guaranteed Investment Contract. And as I mentioned, it's a form of fixed income. So let's break down how GICs work. Um, It is technically a contract between an investor or yourself and an insurer, insurer, Jesus, that sounds weird to say, but that the insurer is usually the bank. And the investor will will agree to deposit a sum of money to the insurer for a set amount of time at a set interest rate and some other conditions in there. And then this insurer, you know, instead of insurer, I'm just going to call it the bank. We're going to call it a bank from now on because this word is giving me hassle. And then the bank will agree uh, or will guarantee the interest payments to the investor at the agreed upon rate and usually the principal paid back in full at the end of the contract. So let's just summarize this real quick. So the investor, I'm going to give the bank a sum of money and they set out like how long I need to have the money deposited with them and what interest rate they'll give me and how frequent they'll give me that interest. Um, basically they guarantee like, Hey, we're going to give you this interest. And at the end of this term, we'll give you back the entire amount that you've given us. So say it's three grand, like say I deposit three grand with the bank. They're like, okay, at the end of the term, we'll give you your three grand back and we'll still pay out that interest. So when I say principal, that refers to like the original deposit that you paid. So you might be thinking like, damn, this sounds fucking awesome. Like I get, I get my, it's, it's basically risk-free. And technically it is, but we'll get a bit more into that in a second. And it GICs are generally for a more risk-averse person or someone who doesn't really like risk. Um, because, But you got to think about this. So if you're going into a less risky investment, um, usually the returns aren't going to be as good. So if you're, if you're going into a GIC, generally interest rates are going to be quite low because there is no risk. Whereas like investing in equity, you can get a good return because it is more risky. So it's the risk reward thing here. Um, so if you get, actually, okay, let's get into, let's get into the risk of GICs. Cause there is a risk depending on who you get the GIC with. So 
Say I get a GIC with someone or a bank like RBC. I can be pretty sure that they are not going to default and they're going to pay me. Like RBC pretty has a pretty good reputation, um, pretty steady. They're absolutely massive. Um, so I can be pretty sure that they're going to give me the interest rate and they're going to pay me and they're going to give me my uh, money at the end of the term. That's pretty straightforward. Whereas on the other end, you could go to the sketchy corner store money lender or loan shark or something, and they will probably rip you off. So there's there's two ends of the spectrum. Usually, guys, GICs are pretty safe, especially if you go with a big bank like TD or HSBC or RBC. Like you're you're going to get your money. So that is all pretty straightforward. You give the money to the bank for a set period of time, they give you interest, and then pay you back the full balance. Pretty solid investment. But you may be asking yourself, what does the bank get out of it? And the answer is they get your money for a set period of time to loan out to others. So similar to like the savings account thing where you put your money in a savings account, it doesn't just sit there. They're going to loan it out to other people. Um, so, so then you're like, okay, how are they making money? So they get your money for a set period of time and they loan it out to others. And usually the rates of the GICs are they're they're not super low, but they are lower than um, other investments that they might make. So they are low, and then they loan out your money for more interest. For example, you lend uh, the bank money for a three percent interest rate for three years. So say they're going to give you um, a three percent interest rate. They're going to pay it out monthly, and it's for three years. Pretty good investment. Like you're going to get your principal back at the end, and you're making interest. But now they are going to take that deposit, um, say it was three grand, they take that money and they lend it out, let's say, as part of a mortgage or they invest it in equity or let's just use the mortgage example. So they lend it out as part of a mortgage, which has a 5.5% interest rate attached to it. So we are getting interest at 3%. They are getting interest at 5.5%. So the difference of that is 2.5% and that's all profit for them. Hopefully that made sense because... We're getting 3%, they're getting 5.5%. So the difference 2.5% is all profit for them off the same money. So that's, so in summary, that's generally how you can make money off GICs and also how banks make money off these GICs. So now that we know how they work, let's talk about why they're kind of popular. Um, as I've already mentioned, they're popular because they are a good way to make modest returns with essentially no risk. Um, you get all your money back with some extra interest on top. Great investment. And they're gaining a lot of popularity these days because of the rising interest rates and because of how shitty the stock market did last year. So back in 2019, um, you may have only been able to get a rate of like, fuck, probably pretty damn low, like 1.5%, 2% over a three-year term, maybe even less, like interest rates were super low. Now you can get upwards of 3% on a three-year term. So that's a pretty big swing. That's almost probably double. Um, but it all depends on who you go with and what kind of GIC you pick because there are a lot of different types of GICs depending on like the different conditions because there can be like minimum... Um, terms. So like time horizon, there can be minimum deposits. There can be some that pay interest monthly or yearly or all that kind of stuff. So um, there's just so many different options. Um, and 
but because of the different options, it's super easy to find one that kind of fits your lifestyle. Um, and I like GICs for kind of like that three, three to five, three to seven year time horizon, especially when you know you're going to be using that money, like whether it's a house, whether it's um, a car or just some kind of uh, bigger expenditure. It's really good to know that you're like, okay, I'm locked in for three years. I'm going to get this and I'm going to get this full amount back. And I, I'm not at risk of losing kind of like my initial deposit. Um, and then on the other end, what I mentioned before is the stocks in 2022 had an absolute shit year. So if you were like, okay, I'm in a GIC as opposed to you did a lot better than people that were in stocks. Like people in stocks got fucking ravaged last year unless you picked incredibly well. But but generally, they just aren't as risky and you're still making money off them. And not like stocks where you could lose a lot of money and your principle is not guaranteed by any means. So the last thing I want to cover is how can GICs work for you in your situation? Actually, wait. Cancel that. The first thing I want to cover is how to actually get them or invest in them. Um, you can't go through an online trading platform. Uh, it just doesn't work right now. Um, and this has to be done through a bank or a broker, usually just a bank. Um, so you just walk up, like whether you have a financial advisor or not, you can kind of just go into the bank and be like, hey, I want to invest in a GIC. Um, can you kind of give me the steps to do that? And usually banks especially these days, are pretty fucking empty. So they usually can help you out pretty much right away. So that's the first thing that I want to cover. The next thing is that you can look up GICs online with the bank you're with, and they have tons of options, um, usually with different terms, rates, all that kind of stuff that will work perfectly for you and your situation and your time horizon and all that kind of stuff. Or once again, you can ask a financial advisor which one they would recommend, uh, basically like the person at the bank, and they can help you out. Um, I think GICs are an amazing investment to make for anyone who's in that three to seven year time, like time horizon of needing a lot of their savings or just who are risk averse in general. So for example, if I'm thinking of buying a house in three years, why would I risk my down deposit or my down payment in the stock market unless I really needed a huge return to like somehow afford my down payment, which uh, probably not the best idea in general. But like, why, why would I risk that in the stock market? Like I could, I could lose a lot of the money. I could like, it can go both ways. Like, yes, I could make a good return, but at the other end, like I could lose a bunch of it and then I might not have the down payment. So why would you not put that money in a GIC, ensure I get my deposit back, and also make some extra income on top of that with basically zero risk? Then I ensure I have the money for my down payment at the end of the day. Like to to me, it's a no-brainer, especially if you if you're close on that down payment, like maybe you're a couple thousand dollars off, you're gonna make that back in interest. Like put it in there and maybe put some if you have extra savings on the side, maybe put that into the stock market, but put the bulk of it into a GIC or something that's a lot more um, safe than the stock market. Um, okay, further, if you are just a risk averse person, 
get a longer term GIC and let your money sit. Like it's always, it's really nice to know that you have a separate account or a separate investment that is just really safe. Like that, you know, you know, you have that money and you know, it's making money for you. Like maybe you have, maybe you have one investment that's a GIC and you have $5,000 in it and it's a three-year term or a five-year term or whatever. And you're making uh, 3% interest. So you have $5,000 in there and let's say you have like $2,000 or however much money in the stock market where you're playing with it. Maybe you're making a good return or maybe, maybe the stocks tank and you're not doing well at all. But then at the back of your mind, you're like, okay, I have this GIC. I have the bulk of my money, um, making good, a good return and it's safe. So it's, it's something to think about. It's something to play with in your portfolio, especially if you're very risk averse and you're like, oh man, I worked really hard for this money. I don't want to lose it. A GIC might be the thing for you, especially, I think they have longer term ones. Um, you could get a bunch of, you could also go on a shorter term ones and then see how the interest rate game kind of plays out, whether it goes up, whether it goes down. And the one that I advise is what I just mentioned is just mix it up, put some money in stocks and put some money in a GIC. So you're kind of, you're diversified, my favorite word, but you're also safe on one end and then you can play with your money on the other end. So I do think that they are a good investment if you use them the right way, especially now with interest rates so high, you can get a really good return. Um, but on the other end, um, if you if you really want a good return, then GICs probably aren't for you if you're in a longer term spectrum or just you're thinking more towards retirement. GICs probably aren't it for you. Like you're probably not going to make that as good of a return historically as you would in the stock market. So um, for me, the sweet spot for GICs, three to seven year term, if you have a big payment or a big expense coming up, um, that's probably, that's probably the play you want to make. Um, but that's just what I would do. So that's going to cap off today's podcast guys. Um, we learned some things. We learned some things about GICs for sure. So just a quick summary here is GICs. They let you earn interest and get all your initial deposit back. I think they're great for that three to seven year term. Um, when interest rates are high, especially right now, huge play. Like you're going to make a lot more return than you would have back in like say 2019 or 2020 when interest rates were at an all-time low. So those are the key takeaways. Um, I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you learned something new, maybe a new investment that you can add to your portfolio. Um, But if you do have any questions, maybe I left something uncovered, then shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram. I'm happy to help out. I'm happy to answer your questions, whether that's in the email, whether that's in the message or just on the podcast. Because if you have the question, maybe other people have that question. Also, if you want something more personalized and custom suited to you, shoot me an email and we can set something up. I'm happy to do so. Thanks again, everyone. I hope you have a great day and we will see you next week.